All right, I think that'll just about do it for the show. If you have any questions or fuck my ass, I'll have to try that again. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Blue Yonder with your hosts, Jim Jones, Cut, Cut, Peter Streets, <laughs> this is a part of the fun, and introducing Aaron Hubbard, Geek Dog. What I'm hearing is like all like 90% positive. There's a few negatives about the way it was run with Wizards of the Coast. There's a few negatives about space. But that's but by what? and large, it seems like freaking awesome. Um, as a PAX virgin, which is the better first time PAX experience? Having experienced PAX Prime and PAX East, um, which should I strive to go to as my first PAX experience? Prime. Prime. Yeah, I, only I, because I know Prime is run well and is awesome, um, and East is still run well and awesome, but it does have a few growing pangs that probably will need another year to work out. You will have an awesome time and think you've died and gone to heaven if you go to either as a first time. Okay. Um, but and it's not like I was disappointed. I had more fun at this PAX than I did at PAX Prime. I was going to say that too, yeah. Part of that yeah. is because nobody came out of the fucking swine flu. Um, well, but, I, I got a little bit of like it's just like I didn't I feel like I had much fun the first Gen Con I went to, and I feel like I had to go to a Gen Con to appreciate Gen Con. I felt yeah. the same way about PAX, even though I had a much more positive experience in my first PAX and wanted to go again. I felt like I was better at it. Yeah, yeah I definitely like... had a little bit of a plan going in this time. Last time I didn't know what to expect, uh, but at PAX East, I actually like figured out ahead of time what panels I wanted to see. Um, kind of scoped out like the maps made sure I knew where everything was and I ended up having more fun at PAX East so it's just uh, basically with experience you, you're you going to know how to, to go to cons mm-hmm. better yeah. Yeah. and I, my, my advice is don't try to do too much, leave time to game and talk about games with gamers for sure mm-hmm. that's, that's you know, and, and don't do lame ass shit like I mean, and I, I've done a little bit too, but it's like I saw a lot of people like sitting there and trying to beat God of War 3 by themselves in the console <laughs> arena. I'm like, don't, no, Why the fuck would that. you do that? I mean, I played a little bit of God of War 3 in the free and watched someone beat like Poseidon, and it was amazing. But I didn't sit, I mean, that, I don't know. If you're sitting there and playing a single player game, uh, you can do that at home. <laughs> yeah, you're failing. Your suggestion is don't, don't waste it. You're not at a convention every single day of your life, but. Yeah. You know, so don't waste that time doing things you could have done at home. Right. You know, basically spend the convention doing things that are only available to you at a convention. Yeah, you have Uh, thousands of gamers around you. Why do you want to sit in solitude and play a single-player game? Bring it out. (laughs) Yeah. Have some fun with them. That makes sense. That makes sense. All right, well, Jonathan Colton, um, what was that show like? Yeah, I guess we'll talk well, about. Uh, no, nah, let's not talk I about. Actually, it. Who cares about a rate around three of the Omega Fun? It was Rock Band. What do you do? <laughs> our guy was our guy didn't make and, it, so fuck it. <laughs> yeah, fuck the rest of them. Yeah, uh, I actually made it too. Like I didn't <laughs> make it to all of Proto Man the night before, so I was kind of disappointed there. Which is oh, why well, I, we have to do mention that on Proto Man, the uh, Kynes got drug on stage in the orgy. Oh yeah. 
We well, fought totally I didn't see him because of the hot Asian girl in front of him. But he was rendered invisible by the incredibly hot Asian girl standing in front of him. But he was one of, since he was in the front of the line, he was at the front of the concert, and they just pulled like twenty or thirty random Pax players to join the crescendo of music and crazy dancing, dance crazy party stuff happening on the, the stage. But yeah, so I missed part of their show, but I made it a point to get to the concerts on time on Saturday night. So I got to see the opening act, which was Video Game Orchestra. Had no expectations for them, because I'd not heard of them. Uh, But it turned out to be super awesome, just like the other concerts that I missed today, or that I saw that I didn't have any expectations for. Uh, They were playing, like, full orchestra, like... Uh, saxophones and violins and guitars and clarinets, percussion, clarinets, percussion. Yeah, all these things. Uh, and they were playing like theme songs to like Super Mario Brothers, uh, uh, Castlevania, Final Fantasy, Chrono Trigger. Yeah, uh, just uh, all the, the music. Castlevania theme was so freaking awesome. Oh, I love the Castlevania music to begin with, but when you play it with an orchestra, oh, it sounds so good. And so, you have like five thousand fans losing their shit all around you. Uh-huh. That's awesome, man! It sounds like a great geek celebration. There's a there's a panel again in the room three twelve, which I probably would not have left very often. It seems <laughs> um, geek is no longer a four letter word. Sounds like our uh, sounds inaugural. like one of our episodes, our inaugural episode of. Uh, yeah, of, that uh, was actually on Sunday. I think we go. might be getting ahead of ourselves though, because let's keep on going with the concerts. Yeah, well, yeah, we've missed uh, yeah. Paul Storm and Jonathan Colton. <laughs> I mean, the, kind of the highlights yeah. of those concerts. I mean, Paul and, and Storm. And to me, of... Paul and Storm were really good, almost better than Jonathan. If it weren't for Jonathan Colton busting out fancy pants, <laughs> I would almost <laughs> give them this, to God. On the custom like synthesizer drum pad noisemaker that he had. Like I guess he's used this at other concerts because I was searching YouTube and found a couple I, I, videos. People, of him. Yeah, he actually had the name and everything. Yeah, but it was crazy. He had this like drum machine sort of contraption that he strapped around his neck, uh, looked like the body part of a guitar, um, and it had these different pads. And he'd hit it, and it would make a sound effect or a drum sound, or it would say like "fancy pants, everybody." <laughs> it was bizarre. Uh, and he started playing it with Mister Fancy Pants. Or actually, I should talk about what he did at first. He accidentally left it on the ground. Um, and apparently his laptop was hooked up to the speakers, so when he was walking around, it started to make noise, um, and he asked him to turn it off, uh, but then when he got to Mr. Fancy Pants, he turned it back on, and he played the song, and he got to the end of it, and he set it back down on the ground, and then he started jumping around on stage, and as he did it, it would, like, sound effects would go off, so it'd be like, everybody, Fancy Pants, <laughs> and it would have, like, drum sounds, and, and <laughs> during the middle of, uh, Mr. Fancy Pants, he played Beyonce's Should Have Put a Ring on It, I guess that's what it's called. Yeah, during, like, he, he was going insane with these drums, and it was just just building up to be more and more badass, and just when it's got to be the baddest ass, he threw in fucking Beyonce's, if you like it, then you should have put a ring on it, and then when he, then he was mixing that, and when he got that, he layered fucking Super Mario Brothers' main theme onto it. <laughs> And everybody was just Badass. like having an orgasm. It was so funny and cool. <laughs> yeah. Like you would play that on your fucking iTunes. And he was doing it as a completely live custom mix. Yep. That, that, that's how he reclaimed. Because like halfway through the concert, I was thinking, man, 
I actually like Colin Storm a little bit better. Um, although he did, he he his opening song was uh, "Alive" from Portal. Awesome. Did he have? It, did he sing it, or did he? Yes, have he, the, sung, uh, he sang it. Oh, he did. And well, he does well. He does a really good job. Mm. Oh yeah, seen him do that. And 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 the whole fucking place sang it with him, word for did word. Did he do Code Monkey? Yes, yes Code Monkey okay. was really good too. Really good. Awesome. Um, Anything and, else? Uh, did he do everything he's known? For, well, like he, did, so he, ended, he ended the thing with with um, the uh, read your brains about yeah. the zombies. Oh, sweet, yeah. And the whole crowd got in the all we want to do is, to eat, do is eat your brains. They all raised their hands zombie style <laughs> and flirted. And, and he told them, like, the first time high. he said, okay, get ready, let's practice this. And they did it. And he was like, huh? that kind of sounded too good. Zombies yeah. wouldn't really sound that good. So next so, time, yeah. try again make it sound worse make it sound bad yeah right right like zombies are fa- zombies are chaotic people they're they, they don't show up on time for things they can't carry a tune they can't do things now, in did, unison and then when did we did it he goes yeah i barely understood that that was great that was terrible great i loved it <laughs> what is funny though is like uh was it was it front a lot or was it colton that said like you know toward as it in like we got to 130 it's like well, this is our last song and people are like, oh, and he goes, well, I guess there's actually more of us than there are of them. We could actually <laughs> rise up against, you know, the the, the authority figures and take the place cool. over. Like, <laughs> and and everyone went like, yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, no, 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 no. And then he's kind of like, oh, this is a bad, this is a bad idea. This is where the night went horribly wrong. Yeah, <laughs> the right. Uh, who was it that was talking about the? We should start a PAX tradition of everyone, if you appreciate the concert, just urinate right there in yeah, the crowd. Yeah, Paul and Storm. Paul and Storm. Was it Paul and Storm? We yeah. should talk about their set because it was mind-blowingly funny. They got like a, like a weird-out Yankovic vibe in kind of like their tonal, the way they sing, the way they, you know, like all of his original songs. Mm-hmm. Not, they don't do poppy stuff, but it's kind of like in that vein. Oh, I gotcha. They they have this pirate song that goes on forever, but it's really interactive. So everybody is like, "Give us uh, a sad R," and everybody will go R, and, and give us a surprise R. He goes R, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, hopeful R. Everybody goes R, <laughs> but the, R. the entire R? time, like, they're very very short, like three verses, and basically it's describing this these. Uh, pirates who are on their boat and they get off and they have nowhere to stay and they've been turned down at the local pub or whatever um, and so some guy says captain. hey you can come back to my place. The captain invites him back. The, the, ca- the captain does. He invites all of his crewmates back with him um, and after each verse they'll stop and they'll do a little chatter and they'll like say some stuff that was all hilarious I was just dying the entire time um, but <laughs> Then they eventually got to the punchline, which they have to say R a couple more times, and then they go into this wild, wild chorus where he's talking about the... Uh, the wife wakes up in the morning. The wife wakes up at, like, four in the morning, and she comes downstairs, and she sees all of these people from the boat, and... <laughs> they're all drunk, and they're everywhere in the house. They're just sloppy. They're all over the place. And she gets pissed, 
and she says they gotta go, and they bust into this chorus where there's like semen in the halls and semen on the walls and semen on the floor, semen on the ceiling, semen, semen from the chandelier, semen hanging from the chandelier, <laughs> a chandelier. My God, there's even semen in my hair. <laughs> and it, it like, went on forever, and though, and it rhymed. And it, for like four minutes of just semen everywhere. Every and it's possible such, place. Semen in the fireplace, semen up the chimney. I mean... It's such a cliched joke that it shouldn't be funny, but it was just hysterical for some reason. Like, they built it was just it a crescendo up. of madness at the end, I think. And the fact that, that they kept so going and rhymed. Everything rhymed. And it <laughs> yeah. kept going and kept going. And they're playing at this ludicrous, r- ludicrously fast jig pace, too. I mean, it just goes and on. And the entire time, the audience is just cracking up. Like I mean, crying, you know, laughing. You couldn't hardly hear them singing just because there was clapping and whistling and shouting and <laughs> laughing. Oh, it was such a great time. That sounds such great. Such a great time. Like it's uh, it's more of a, a place to go see great concerts than it is to play games. I think the like. concerts are the highlight of each day, in my opinion. Yeah. I I would agree with that. Alrighty, well that is uh, about the end of the schedule that I'm looking at for day two. Day three I, that, seems very short. Like it's uh, it is. is this it's, one of these half kind of, days sort of things? It's kind of a sad day. Yeah. Almost, yeah. Kind of like, hey, the, the party is over. It's time to go back to, you know, Kansas. <laughs> yeah, uh, Aaron was actually commenting Saturday night that it felt like PAX was already over because Sunday is a shorter. And day. I had this. I had to leave, especially early because I fucked up my flight and ended up, you know, having to be at the airport at like three thirty, four o'clock. So yeah. and I will not make that mistake again. I'm taking the last plane out of Seattle or Boston when I go next. Yeah, I mean, my my Sunday started out. Uh, Slightly earlier than Saturday. I planned on doing some gaming. I definitely, definitely made it a point to go see that Geek is No Longer a Four-Letter Word thing. I almost missed it, though, because I got in line for Wheaton at, like, 1.30 to go get his autograph and talk to him. And it ended up that that line lasted me until, like, 3 o'clock, a little after. Um, And that's when the Geek is No Longer a Four-Letter Word panel started. So I, like, (laughs) said hi to him. I talked with him for, like, two minutes. Uh, the interesting thing about that line is I was totally not nervous at all and like had all these great things to say to him all the way yeah. up until the point where I am next in line because he was speaking to everyone for like two, three minutes at a time. Uh, and I get up there and you have two or three minutes where suddenly everything you've ever known in the world just goes out of your head. It leaks out onto the floor and it's useless to you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't understand what happens, but but that is exactly what happened to me. I, I was standing there staring weeping. at him, thinking, I'm next in line, and I have <laughs> absolutely nothing to say to this man. And why would he want to talk to me? He doesn't want to talk to me, and that's that's what's running through my head. But then, luckily, luckily, I got up there, and it came back a little bit, and I was able to stammer through it, not sound too incoherent and rambly and fanboyish. But yeah, that ran I think right probably of that kind of fanboy stuff. I mean, and he, he, talks is, about like, it. He, he talks about how time, many times he's lost his shit dealing with what he considers celebrities. So yeah, I think, yeah, right. he's got, he's, he seems to be pretty empathetic. That, he's not so big that that shit doesn't get to him. Like, he's just a cool guy. I mean, it felt really natural talking to him when I was up there. He didn't seem like forcing the conversation in any particular way. It was just like, hey, how's it going? Blah, 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 like, right. you know, whatever. 
Yeah, and then... I would, have, I would have asked him about, you know, his character <laughs> on Star Trek. That's the only thing I really want to know. No, that's a, that's definitely a good question. I just didn't want to come across as, like, I've seen you in Star Trek, and I'm a huge fan. Right. And that's all I, all I can think of to talk about with you. At this, at this point, like, Star Trek is the least interesting thing he's done, in my opinion. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Probably. Uh, it's so, still, I think, what he's known for the most. I think, you know, in the... That's outside true. The outside geekdom, you know. Yeah, I just try to take more of the like. I'm here at PAX, and you just delivered a good keynote, and like I'm, I'm gonna just tell you how I enjoyed it. Right, right. I, I think it's I kind know. of amazing that he's become such a geek icon. Because the one thing I remember growing up when Next Generation had its first run was how much he was hated. As <laughs> yeah. Character in that series, and now he's like beloved by some of the same audience that berated the character at the time. Right. I don't know if anybody can explain that to me. Uh, yeah, it'd have probably be better as a whole other podcast topic. When we when we get to interview Will Wheaton... There you go. Let's yeah. do a Wheaton That's spotlight. We'll, 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 we'll hit him up on all that stuff. Jim should have asked him for an interview. That's what you should have done. Yep, um, on the spot. With we'll, a thousand people waiting behind me in line. Seems like the perfect about. time. Um, you did you do anything, Aaron, on Sunday? Or yeah, you- I, um, I, I saw the Final Penny Arcade panel, which was really cool and funny, and uh, kind of emotional point because one girl got up who was a, I guess, chemo patient in a children's hospital 10 years ago, and she recounted like how much joy she got when the nurse would wheel in their busted-up TV multimedia cart with a broke copy, like, with an N64 controller that barely worked, and her and the other kids, you know, would take their mind off their pain and how scared they were about how, like, would doctors be able to fix them, and she, like, broke down crying about the whole child's play thing, and Mike jumped off the stage and ran up to her and gave her a big bear hug. Awesome. Um, And just stuff like that happens during those panels more often than not. Like, some dude will talk about being in Iraq. And like having traumatic stress, and his girlfriend mails him all the penny arcade volumes, and you know they pass it around the unit, and everybody gets a good. It's like there's like all these really emotional stories, and then there's lots of really crazy, funny shit that happens during the panel too. Like my favorite experience at the time was on the first day, um, they take this question from this dude, and he's like, "Would you like to play Action Castle?" And they're like, "Uh, "Sure, whatever." And the guy says, welcome to Action Castle. Um, you are in a cottage. In the corner is a fishing pole and a broom. Exits are out. And Jerry's like, oh, this is like an Infocom game. So um, Mike's like, what the fuck? And the guy goes, I do not know how to, what the fuck? <laughs> and like Mike doesn't like this shit at all. And Jerry's trying to be game with the guy. So they're trying to figure out how to play the game. But the guy wouldn't shut the fuck up about it. He wouldn't yeah. get off the mic. So, like, after about five minutes and the audience is getting restless, like, he, Mike, Jerry, Mike's like, fuck, uh, I throw the fishing pole or whatever. And the guy's like, I don't know how to throw the fishing pole. And Mike just goes, look, man, you're at my fucking party. Do I come to your house and, like, berate you in front of your guest about not being able to say the right thing? And he's like, Jerry, say something to make this guy go away. And Jerry goes, okay. And the room goes quiet and silent, and he says, "Exit." 
<laughs> and then, that, then they just went on. But it's like even when they deal with someone that's obviously they're trying to promote something and kind of being a dick about it, they dealt with it in a very funny and um, you know made everybody laugh and and at the other guy's expense, but made everybody laugh and enjoy the time. Yeah, that actually kind of nice. runs a little into uh, that geek is no longer a four letter word panel because during that like or after that they had a Q&A session with the people who were speaking and a guy got up there and kind of like tried to promote this geeks and greeks sort of deal I don't know what his deal was he was talking he gave like a speech he turned around at one point to the audience and was like talking to them um, in the middle of a Q&A session I understand where he's coming from like he wanted to kind of merge geeks with quote unquote normal people but like that's not really the appropriate place to do that yeah. like especially he went on for like multiple minutes with this it's not cool speech. to hijack something like that no it's not especially when you have a giant line waiting behind you like Thanks, of, of genuine fans that want to contribute to the topic at hand yeah yeah so like if you want to do something like that make it a very short introduction and then have a real question ready yeah and it should be creative and funny <laughs> Yeah, like if that Action Castle guy had stopped 30 seconds into it, it would have been hilarious. Yeah, like if you, want, if you want to play more, meet me at blah, blah, blah for Action Castle. But exactly. he tried to make him play the whole fucking game. He would have. He would have stayed up there and did the whole thing. Yeah. Forcers should have killed him, I think. I guess that's the funny space where, like, the real and the convention environment clashes. Where you have the reality of hey, there's a whole audience here and their time's valuable versus, you know, what you would do if it was just your own casual experience or encounter with these people. Yeah. And and a lot of geeks, unfortunately, I don't know what it is, but they just don't have that sense. I, I've experienced several moments where it was like, okay, you've gone on too long, it was funny at first, but please stop now. <laughs> Hell, we do in our podcast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I do want to touch on the Omegathon, the climax, and why the Omegathon is so fucking awesome. They had an old school Nintendo relay where all the comp- the, comp- the competitors raced each other and playing like one level of Mario, and then switching out the cartridge and playing one level of Rad Racer, and then huh. clearing one board of Tetris, and then playing the first stage of Contra. First person to get through all of those stages wins. Dude, you know what the ultimate fuckover would be, and I'm hoping this happened to somebody. The cartridge doesn't start right away, and they have to blow you have to get out and blow it. it. Right, right. Did it happen? <laughs> no, I don't know because Kynes told me about it. He's the only one that stayed that late. But um, so that was cool. The other things I think that uh, we haven't talked about that were cool were there's really good cosplaying, video game centric oh, yeah. cosplaying. Um, I saw a absolutely stunning Bayonetta who. Um, I would like to capture and make my bride. Uh, she was about <laughs> yeah, six I got foot tall, flat-footed, uh, with four-inch heels, maybe five-inch five heels, with the hair and the costume done exactly right. Um, there was the miner from Dead Space with a fully functional lighted helmet that was fucking amazing. Um, if you're a Penny Arcade fan, Carl Swangy from Automa was there. Um an enormous, like, I'm a big dude. If you've seen me, I'm about six foot two, 250 pounds. Um, there was a guy, a dad there, cosplaying Gears of War with his, like, seven or eight-year-old son who made me look like a little person. 
Uh, he dwarfed uh, me in every dimension possible, and then he added this giant power armor, uh, realistic-looking <laughs> power armor, and massive, you know, chainsaw machine gun to boot. Um, those are the those are the best cosplayers I saw. Did you see any really cool ones too? Um, I saw like a a girl cosplaying as Link, which was kind of funny. Oh yeah, uh, she was pretty cool. That's actually yeah. pretty perfect. Was, uh, I, I know. Belts <laughs> are very feminine, kind yeah, of. Yeah, and her shield was really nice, nicely detailed. Yeah, I also saw. Uh, speaking of cross gender cosplay, saw a dude <laughs> dressed up as Princess Peach. That was fucking <laughs> frightening. <laughs> That dude actually took my picture with Bayonetta. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Was he yeah, clean shaven at least? No, not really. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of a. De- he was there with his girlfriend, and it was definitely like a jokey thing. So yeah. that's not a peach you would eat for hours. Oh. No. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. Let's see. What else did what I else? see there? Ghostbusters. Oh yeah, yeah! Phenomenal Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters uh, cosplay. We actually went up and talked to them uh, that they were trying to eat or whatever, and we interrupted. Or yeah, assholes. We were sorry. Uh, so, sorry, you Will we, we were dead. Murray and you shot him. <laughs> um, but we, like, they were explaining how they made the backpacks um, because they had the backpacks, the proton packs, um, they had the traps that they used to catch the ghosts, um, they had authentic, like, uniforms, and they said that the packs cost them about, what did they say? $1,000 each to make? Yeah, it's like $4,500 all total. They were screen accurate. They yes. researched, gotten like schematics, they used all the original parts, some stuff that's not even available anymore they had to go junkyard diving for. Yeah, they were talking about how one little tiny sprocket thing, connector, cost them $30 a piece because they're just not made anymore. Tell me more about these uh, really good Marios. Oh, <laughs> They're okay. like they had Mario's that like they were built like Mario. They had mustaches like Mario, and they uh, one dude actually had these foam rubber hands, enormous white three fingered hands that he was wearing that actually functioned. Like they moved like real fingers. And um, I took my I made a point to take my picture with every Mario I saw because I want to show my my son is crazy about Mario, and he's I hope gets a giant <laughs> kick out of it. Nice. Yeah, my so there was rest. really the, the hands were a nice touch for those Mario's. Yeah, it's very cool. Um, I wonder if they built those themselves. Like if all, all these cosplayers were actual, you know, mechanics and artists, or if they had friends that helped them construct these. Did you get any of the information out of any of these people you got pics with? Uh, the I Ghostbusters did. were definitely self-made. They talked about it. Uh, oh, yeah. They made their own resin casts, and they they did all the stuff. And I imagine a lot of these guys, um, most of the stuff is homemade. Um, I think the last thing I wanted to talk about, as far as the con goes, um, that geek is no longer a four letter word panel. It was actually really good. Um, it's interesting that you say we kind of hit on that topic uh, right before PAX because they literally listed out every single thing that we talked about. They're I couldn't find a, a single new point. Like, if you missed that panel at PAX, or if you couldn't go to PAX and you wanted to see that panel, go listen to our first episode, because it's basically exactly what they talked about. Huh, really? Right. So, yeah, point for point. At the point that we're recording this, we have yet to release the first episode, right? <laughs> no, it's, no, it's, it's out. It's up. Ready to go. 
Oh, okay. uh, and we so. passed out. It'll be interesting to see. We passed out several business cards and stuff with our link on it, and I chatted several people up about it. Yeah, I actually uh, gave a business card to the panelists, a couple of the panelists at Geek is No Longer Four Letter Word, and I told them, "Look, I don't normally like to advertise myself a whole lot, but we literally just talked about this exact topic on our podcast, and I think you guys would enjoy this. Um, so hopefully cool. they'll tune in, check it out." Who are the ones in charge of the panel? Who who was it? Anyone noteworthy? Or? Um, I know the girl who was a part of it. I think her name was Natalie. Oh, I'm I'm not positive, um, but she is part of the Geek Dad podcast for Wired. Uh, she does a lot of blogging. She does a lot of writing, uh, some podcasting as well. And her husband, I think, was one of the other panelists. And then you had Ethan. Can't remember his last name, but he had a book called Fantasy Freaks and Gaming Geeks, uh, which looked kind of <laughs> cool. So he was talking uh, about book that. I would read. Yeah, yeah. Very cool sounding. Yeah, and I stayed around and talked with them for probably half an hour after the panel. And they were very cool <laughs> people. That's Ethan Gilsdorf, well, that Fantasy of... Freaks and Gaming Geeks. By the yes. Way. There yes. You go. And we're not getting a kickback for that. Nope. Like, <laughs> no. Cool dude, just want to get his name right. Yeah, if Absolutely. a check comes in in the mail, then we'll yeah, know. we won't turn it down, Ethan. But you know, <laughs> so it was unfortunately, I don't know. the same the same information. I was kind of wanting to know if there was a new angle there, a new point of view on it. On the I know. See, I was hoping there would be too, but it was literally point for point everything we talked about. We they they covered. Um, the definition changing over the years. They've covered like the exclusion of geeks in the past, and now the exclusion of non-geeks in the present. They covered um, the kind of geek angst that you were expressing, where you're kind of disappointed that it's now this mainstream thing. Um, right, they, watered down and so forth. Yeah, yeah. They covered like literally everything we talked about, and nothing oh, else. That's pretty interesting. So, yeah, I think that's cool. like a common vibe among geeks now. To we all have those kind of same ideas about it. Kind of weird, thinking that you for a second maybe have a new point of view, but realize that wow, it's actually shared by the culture at large. Yeah, I just think it's it's more evidence that we're talking about stuff that's relevant and you know uh, a good take on it. We right, stand toe to toes with the pros. There you go. Um, after that, I quickly got uh, Paul and Storm's autograph on my program, so I now have a Will Wheaton autographed badge and a Paul and Storm autographed program. Kind of cool. Kick ass. Oh, and I then on that. my way back, like in the airport, I passed by Jonathan Colton, and I like, stopped and said hi to him for a second. Um, <laughs> I don't know if this is like a fanboy thing to do or if this is weird, but I called him John because I didn't know what else to call him. Like, what do you call Jonathan Colton? Joko? Jonathan. Like, I'd, call him, I'd call him Jonathan. Jonathan? There you go. Yeah. I assume that like everyone calls him John though, because Jonathan is kind of a mouthful. Uh, well, I remember a John. Uh, John Jacko. Look at him. Hey, Jacko, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Is it is this a topic about trying to piss off Jonathan Colton? Because I think that would be a great uh, reoccurring. Because another another yeah, Pax tradition, another Pax tradition that uh, Jim does not partake in is they come up with a new swear word every time for the panel. And this one was a. I don't see. Let me give it. Let me get it right. A um, slack jawed, slobbering junk slut. 
That, that was the, the so, so you could have came up to him and said that. You could have, hey, you slobbering, slack-jawed junk slut. So. Yeah, but he probably would have missed out on that tradition. Yeah. <laughs> just thought you were Ben Russell. I don't know. I, mean, I get a punch, and then play, I get a black You're playing eye. the odds at that point. Yeah. He pulls out his pistol. You're not still alive. Crack. Yeah. <laughs> Souvenir from Will Wheaton, souvenir from Paul and Storm, and a black eye souvenir from Jonathan Colton. And a bullet, Jonathan Colton. I got punched by Jonathan Colton. Really? He's such a mild mannered guy. Well, call him Jack. You'll see. <laughs> Okie dokie. Well, it sounds like um, I'm going to be crying in my pillow tonight because I wasn't there. Yes. But, uh, you got to go with this. You got to go with this in September. September 1st through 3rd, I believe, or maybe 3rd through 5th in Seattle, Washington. And you make it sound like the most amazing experience. It's like the Shangri-La for geeks. So, You know, I, the Gen, Gen Con is a several hundred dollar proposition if you do it properly. I would suggest yes. skipping that and doing PAX. Because I was definitely thinking about doing Gen Con again. I will probably do Gen Con. Um, I'll so have a plan of action. If it was a choice between <clears throat> PAX, though, and Gen Con, you could only Not do one. Dude, look, here's what happens at PAX. A guy dressed up as Quickman from Mega Man sets up a boombox and he and gets out a laptop and starts mixing chip tunes, and 20 random people start dancing and having in a the fucking deal. hallway. <laughs> right in the middle of a hallway. Right. Yeah, I got video of that too. Spontaneous, spontaneous yep. rave with Mega Man as the fucking DJ. I mean, that shit happens all the time. Just all, awesome. there's cool stuff, geek stuff, mean stuff, funny stuff happening all the time. Yeah, and, and you almost yeah, have a mini Gen Con with all the tabletop and card game elements. Yeah, oh yeah. You, if you want to play Magic tournaments, the you know Watsy's there to fuck up the tournaments, and, and, yeah, and you can do it twenty four seven, just like they do at Gen Con, and run out of product and piss all the gamers off, and have everybody make the same <laughs> lame jokes of, "Well, what are you going to do? Stop playing Magic?" Ho, 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 ho. And you know, I mean, it, it's you got tabletop That's gaming. Horrible. Yeah, well, they are. They're fuckers. Make that they part make out it sound. We'll have to do a show about... You're not a, if you're not on the pro tour, you can suck their cock as far as they're concerned. <laughs> Hell, they might treat the pros like that. Who knows? Go to Hawaii, and, you, and, and half the people can't play because they ran out of product. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we knew how many of you guys were coming, but we only had half the pro. Who knows? What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, their logistics manager must be on crack. And he and yet he still retains a job apparently, or either that it's like a I imagine like a Monty Python skit, like the people responsible for sacking the people that are responsible for sacking the people responsible for organizing Gen Con have just been sacked. You know, it's like how do these people keep their jobs, or if they get fired, how do they keep on hiring incompetent people? <laughs> get right, get, you know, pick up the phone, call Robert Koo of Penny Arcade, and say, Yo, Robert. You, your head is out of your ass. How do you organize something with fifty thousand people show up and it just everything works and you don't run out of things like toilet paper and you know people aren't shitting themselves and sliding around and walling around in mud. Okay, guys. Well, uh, final yeah. uh, chance to make any remarks about your past Pax East two thousand ten experience. Anything else you want to add before we call this a wrap? I'm counting down to PAX Prime, and any geek that uh, is on the fence about going, uh, you have to try at least once. It might not be your cup of tea. I was interested to see, as I was following the Twitter feed, several people on the last day were like, 
I just don't think PAX is for me. I don't think I'll go again. And I'm like, I don't see how you could have a perspective, but I also think for as cheap as it is, $50 for a three-day pass, you have to go at least once and experience it because it is a hell of a thing. I'm also counting down the days. Uh, I'm ready for the next PAX Prime. Hopefully it will be just as good as this PAX East has been. I think it will now that I'm accustomed to it and it's not my first PAX. Uh, I have to throw in a little uh, a little surprise here at the end of this episode. Um, since we <laughs> since we had talked before um, in one of our prior episodes of Blue Yonder about the would you rather concerning a little topic uh, <laughs> about convention attendance and being compelled by a supernatural force to make sweet sweet sexual love to the first woman you would see. Sure. Um, Lord of the Rings, Star Trek, or Star Wars convention. I'm going to ask both of you, starting with Aaron, if you were to throw packs into that disgusting mix of geekery, which uh, would you pick? Would it change things at all? Would you go packs? I think I would go packs because there's a lot of really cute girls at packs. <laughs> uh, fortunately, a lot of them are. Uh, it seems like they're attached. But yeah, I. I I think that there's a lot of very cute geek girls at PAX, not very many total wildebeests, and um, yeah, I think I might be tempted to go PAX over, especially if I knew Bayonetta was there. Holy <laughs> shit. Now, you're still you're still playing the odds, man. You're still dr- rolling the D20. Bayonetta beats the shit out of any R1 I've ever seen. So yeah, Was I would there like any to, really like hideous fangirl there or cosplayer there? Oh, there were a few. I saw a girl in a corset who should not have been wearing. Yeah, that's true. There, there was a couple of uh, re- Renaissance rejects there, but on the whole, right. pretty attractive. Right. A lot of hot Jim? enforcers. In fact, I want to be an enforcer. Yeah. Next week. there was a ton of hot enforcers. Yeah, at the video game checkout area. Woo, man. Yeah, I remember that one. And the girl working the main that's stage, cute. I thought was hot, and the kind of like you know. Um, yeah, so there are a lot of hot chicks at PAX. Yeah, uh, I find the majority of hot chicks, I, I guess this is partially genetic, are Asian. Um, just because I guess they're usually smaller, thinner. Like, there they're, they're are a lot of Asian girls seductive. there. Racist. It's not racist, it's a true Plus, fact. The other thing, they have this, the sideways like, vaginas. Are uh-huh, yeah. yeah. Oh, they're slanting eyes, yeah. They just look good. Oh. Did you just say they had sideways vaginas? In fact, look it up, it's on Wikipedia. That's interesting. Oh, yeah. No, seriously, there's a lot of shaped like the Starlight Pitch. A lot of cute girls. <laughs> Which one? The the original or the special the one with edition? The, tentacles. the one with the beak and the tentacles. Oh yeah, yeah. the beak's got to be in there somewhere. Oh my god. Well, what yeah. about you, Jim? Does that change your would you rather pick if you if you added packs into the mix of those conventions? It does. I definitely go to packs. Packs. I was hoping you'd right still go Lord of the Rings because I'd be like, do you hear that, ladies? If you want to God appreciates your, your geeky ways, you see uh, Aaron Hubbard in the next PAX. I'll have my booth set up in my religion form. <laughs> I really do mix. Cool. Your e-meter reader on the side of the street. Yes. <laughs> Alright, I think that'll just about do it for the show. If you have any questions or comments or you just want to chat, you can visit our forums at www.baldmove.com or you can, oh, he got me. <laughs> or you can send us an email at blueyonder at baldmove.com. 
Or, if you want to reach us by phone, you can call us at 1-800-I'M-A-FUCKING-MORON. And with that said, until next time, I'm Jim Jones. And I am Peter Streets. And I'm Aaron Hubbard. Ciao. Chances are your pants are not as fancy as the pair of very fancy pants that Mr. Fancy Pants will wear. When everybody's marching in the Fancy Pants Parade, he's gonna pass the test, he's gonna be the best, the best in terms of pants. You look in every catalog, you shop in every store, cause even though you have a hundred pants, you want some more. And suddenly you see the greatest pants you've ever seen, and even though you know it's gonna cost a lot of dough, you have to have the world's best pants. Say a little prayer for Mr. Fancy Pants. The whole world knows it's only clothes and deep inside he's sad. They make the big announcement and the trophy goes to you. You thought you had some fancy pants and now you know it's true. You look at Mr. Fancy Pants and hold the trophy high. Everybody cheers while he's blinking back the tears. He doesn't even have the best pants. <laughs>